and welcome to the YYC Soccer Podcast. My name is Jason Komet, and my co-host is Scott Strasser. Hi, Scott. Hey, Jason. Eight episodes in, I believe. Uh, this is going pretty well, and and uh, I'm happy to be doing another episode. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, it seems like we've kind of got it down into a, a bit of a, a routine, and and it, it feels pretty good. So let's, uh, let's move on with uh, this eighth episode. Um, and if you are a new listener, uh, what is the YYC Soccer Podcast all about, Scott? I love ask, getting you to explain this every episode. Yeah, so we are going to focus on soccer in Calgary at the amateur, collegiate, and professional levels. We talk about the teams and the players from the city's soccer community, from the grassroots and amateur leagues up to the university and professional level. And this week, we're going to focus on Calgary Foothills. We're going to provide a bit of an update. They have clubs in both the men's and women's side of League One Alberta. And on the women's side of AMSL, they're going to have a club as well. We have two interviews with people from Foothills. We have Jay Wielden. He talks about the men's team. And we have Sarah Kinsner, and she'll be on talking about the women's team. Yeah, so I guess it only took us eight episodes to interview both Wielden siblings. Um, If we can get Tommy Sr. on the podcast at any point, we'll have the Wielden soccer trifecta. Uh, As for for Sarah Kinsner, uh, that's another great local soccer success story. And it was neat to hear from her about her experiences and her career thus far especially uh, when she was talking to us about playing in Colorado and Budapest. But uh, I will let her expand on that during the interview. Let's talk a little bit about last weekend's home opener for the Cavs. It was a beautiful day. There was a big crowd, but I think the final score was a touch disappointing. Yeah, the the score was disappointing. Um, And also the manner in which the second half played out. Uh, it was a, a fairly uncharacteristic Cavalry home performance. If if you've been watching this team for the last four years, uh, they were pinned back a lot in their own half in the second half and struggled to retain possession and seemed to be relying on long balls a lot to relieve that pressure. Valor did play well, but uh, it was really odd to, to see an, a visiting team kind of take a stranglehold on the game at, at Cofield. Usually you see Cavalry uh, doing that. I think I'm pretty much agreeing with those comments at this point. I thought the early parts of the second half, the, the team, yeah, didn't look like what I typically expect from, from the Cavs. But, uh, but anyway, it's early in the season, and it, they still got a point out of it. Um, I do kind of like that line in Ted Lasso at one point where he says, sometimes a tie feels like a win, and sometimes it feels like a loss. But... I think at the end of the day, this one kind of does feel a bit like a loss. Yeah, whereas Cavalry's first um, couple ties of the season against Forge and Pacific, those probably felt closer to wins given that uh, they were on the road playing tough teams, playing Valor at home. Uh, Valor is a team that Cavalry has tended to have a lot of success over in the past few years. Um, I do recall Tommy Wielden Jr. was definitely... uh, none too pleased during the post-game press conference. And he talked about the need to pass the ball around. Uh, That's a direct quote. Uh, More in training this week leading up to their next game. Um, I actually wrote a piece uh, just the other day uh, for AFTN about some of my takeaways of Cavalry's games so far. And one of the points I included was about that lack of uh, uh, chemistry that the team has developed thus far. Uh, which was apparent in in just their lack of uh, ability to kind of string 
meaningful possession and, and uh, string passes together uh, in that second half. But another point was the, the lack of veteran experience this season following the retirement of, of Mason Trafford, right? Uh, it's a really young cavalry roster. Uh, the average age, according to Transfermarkt, is 24.7. And there's only two players who are in their 30s, uh, and they're only just in their 30s. Uh, ben Fisk and Charlie Trafford are both 30 at the moment. So I feel like there may be a lack of old heads or uh, those kind of grizzled veterans um, who are able to kind of help manage, you know, help with that in-game management and, and seeing out a result because Cavalry has been up in all three of the league games they played in so far and all three of those have ended in draws. So yeah, there are a few key missing ingredients at the moment. It's hard to exactly put my finger on it when I watch them, but uh uh, no, I'm I'm keen to see them. I think pick up their performance, and I'm sure they'll be uh, very keen to to climb the table in these next few weeks. This weekend, they're off to Vancouver, and they're going to play the first ever Vancouver FC home match. That should be really interesting. I, I'm actually really curious to see what this stadium that's been built in a couple of months what it looks like. Yeah, I just saw an update on Twitter before we started this, and I think you know. It, it's pretty much ready, but it does look like a, a work in progress still. So I don't know how much they'll be able to do in the last two or three days here. But uh, yeah, it was put together very quick, very piecemeal, it seems. I'm curious to see how Cavalry does against Vancouver, who I admittedly haven't watched very much of yet this season. Um, Vancouver FC in general are obviously a brand new club and still somewhat of an unknown entity, although some of their players are uh, admittedly quite familiar to to people who watch the CPL. But considering it's their very first home game, you can bet that Vancouver will be uh, you know, up for this one and, and they'll have a, hopefully a big crowd cheering them on and it'll be a tough condition for Cavalry to go and, and get three points out of. Yeah, I think Vancouver will be pretty excited about playing their first home match, like you said. And yeah, it should be interesting. I haven't really watched any of, of their matches yet this year, but I agree. They've got some familiar names on the club, and yeah, it, it should be a fun one to watch. The match will be on Sunday at 5 p.m. It'll be available on One Soccer. One more question I was going to ask about that upcoming match. Have you heard anything about Bradley Camden? Could he possibly be uh, dressing for this upcoming game? He, is he training at this point with the club as far as you know? Uh, I, I imagine so, but uh, I haven't determined that for myself. Um, I did ask about Bradley in last week's pregame press conference if he'd be playing against Valor, and uh, the response was that he had only just landed in Calgary like the night before or something like that. So he was going to need uh, at least a very, at the very least, a couple of days to uh, to acclimatize, get over jet lag, that sort of thing. I do imagine, though, that he's been, at the very least, training with the team this season as long as he's fit, which I believe he is. So, yeah, I I would hope to see him play on Sunday, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. So let's go back to talking about Foothills, and let's start off with running our interview with Jay Wielden. He is the technical director and the head coach of the Foothills Men's League One Alberta team. I'd like to welcome Jay Wielden to the podcast today. Uh, Jay is the technical director at Foothills and is leading the men's team this summer in the in both competitions, right? Is it both League One and AMSL? Yeah, I'm doing the Calgary Foothills League One team and I'll do the Cavalry Under-21 AMSL team. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate it. 
Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So we had a few questions uh, about about the team, the men's team this year. The team hasn't really played in a formalized league structure really since the pandemic because uh, USL kind of ended at the pandemic point. What's it been like to play a series of friendlies over the past few years and not to be in a specific competition? Yeah, it's uh, it's obviously been been tough in that sense, but ah. Uh... Our goal was to ensure we kept, you know, the high performance players in the game. So we we didn't want to shut down our program through, you know, obviously the pandemic, and then coming back in and obviously not going back into the USL. Uh, so the vi- we we had a vision about three four years ago. We wanted to Canadianize everything, and and with the success of League One, you know, in both genders, uh, you know, we felt it was important that you know Alberta got in that and. Obviously, working with Alberta Soccer, we've been able to secure that. And obviously, this year, for the for the first time from a Foothills perspective, um, it's nice to play in a in a league. Yeah, and and uh, elaborating on that, Jay, how do you kind of prepare for entry into a new league like League One Alberta? Yeah, it's, as you can imagine, it's been a lot of work behind the scenes. The clubs involved, we've we've been pushing it for a while. There's been a lot of preparation that's got into it. Um, Alberta Soccer have done a lot of work as well to to help support that. Um, and I think everybody's just kind of excited because once the first ball's kicked, everyone can start enjoying the football again. I think you kind of already elaborated on this a little bit, but I, I thought I would ask anyway. Did you guys ever look into rejoining USL at any point after the pandemic before this League One opportunity became available. Um, what were the deciding factors on not going forward in that direction? Yeah, I mean, it was it was looked at, um, but obviously for us, it's a it's a North American league, you know, ran you know by by the United States pretty pretty much. So we've we've had the vision like a lot of clubs. You look at TSS as well in in BC. Um, I think we wanted to make sure we have something in Canada, and with the success of obviously CPL and on the female side. You know, currently it's UWS, but, you know, with Project 8 on the horizon, if we can get the full Canadian pyramid for players coming through and current players like Sarah that are playing, it's it's an exciting pathway for everyone. So having it within Canada for us was massively important. So it's still uh, still kind of early preseason, Jay, but how would you kind of describe the the new look team's playing style and strategy? We're, we're starting to see those players pop up on social media. Uh, how are how are they all gelling, and how do you feel the the first few sessions have been? Yeah, good. I mean, the the good news is I had a lot of the boys last year for the cavalry on the twenties um, in AMSL, so I've worked with a lot of boys before. A lot of the boys will have come through obviously the Foothills Academy. Now, our our primary goal is is also still to develop young players because winning for us is on field. Like in any league we go in, we want to win, and we've had success of winning. Um, but winning to us is in different ways. Winning to us is also seeing Vic Latore play, you know, Dominic Zator play, Joel Waterman go to the World Cup. You know, that that's also winning. So we'll be a young team. We'll be energetic. We'll have a lot of the ball. We'll encourage that. Um, yeah, and, and we'll be exciting. We've got a lot of pace and, and you know, we want to play some front foot football. On the topic of the team this year, I know that on social media you've been releasing some of the new signings. Are there any players in particular that uh, you want to make note of, the veteran players, leaders on the team? Yeah, we, we, we've um, we've still got announced three or four signings, which I'll keep on the wraps. And they're, they're three or four very, very good players. Um, so 
we're looking at a squad of about 20. And, and what's good about it, we've got um, some young and hungry players that have not tasted professional football yet and want to get into that. And we've got some players that, you know, have and, and want to want to have that second opportunity. So you look at players like Max Pipegrass, who was two years ago, he was involved with the Canada under 20 team, you know, and he was involved there. He made his professional debut for Cavalry in 2021 as a 17 year old. So we've, we've still got high hopes. You look at Sky Rogers and Marcus Kaiser last year, both made their professional debuts. Um, so yeah, we, we feel we've got a lot of depth and, you know, we've got some young and hungry players that want to get into that next level. And that next level would be CPL or beyond. Yeah, definitely seeing the uh, the University of Calgary and Mount Royal connection as well, I've noticed. But... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's important to work with with local universities and, and with Brendan and, and Ryan. I have a good relationship with both. And they, they've helped, uh, you know, and even Connor with SAIT, they, they've helped promote players. For sure. Um, next question for you, Jay, is we've noticed like with the schedule, the first match is, I believe, at Macron Performance Center. After that, uh, the rest of the men's matches appear to be at Broadview. Uh, so so what kind of determined those venues? And uh, yeah, do you do you feel like that's that's a good kind of fit for the team? I think so. I think, as, as we know, Broadview is one of the better places to play football in the city. Um, it's right downtown, beautiful view. Uh, we looked at other other areas to play, and Broadview tends to to start mid May, so May twelfth for us. You know, we, we were hosting. It's nice to be able to host here, but I think it's important that we're outside for the other three games. And Broadview is a brilliant location and a lovely grass field, and it enables us to to put on a nice show. So, on that topic of putting on a show, what can we expect as fans when it comes to watching home game the the home matches? What about game day experience? Yeah, we've got a full match day on um, League One. It might not be as big as our UWS and USL game day experience in terms of halftime shows and things like that. But, you know, we'll have a VIP area for our sponsors. Um, We'll have a supporters area. There'll be a lot of, obviously, our Footles kids that we want to be there. Um, Certainly a lot of our youth players that, you know, will be at the games. Um, and it's obviously free admission for the youth players, which is important. As you know, again, it's growing that pathway. Um, but as a game day experience, yeah, it'll be run properly. We'll have um, staff here, volunteers. Everything will be organised. Um, and again, very similar to that kind of USL, UWS kind of game day feel. Uh, last question I have for you, Jay, is uh, I know you kind of mentioned this in your first answer or two, but what would you say the overall goals are for this season? Uh, and, and what would success look like for you? Um, success, firstly, for us is is providing a pathway to for the players to get to that next level. Um, that That's a huge part of winning for us. And that's what kind of keeps us driving and hungry. Um, second part, you know, those that know me, I like to do both. And I believe in both. You can develop. And by develop, you've got to perform. So you want to win as well. So I'm not afraid to say that we're in it to develop, but we're also in it to win. So that's part of developing. Um, so I want to provide help or we want to help provide that pathway for players to move forward. But we also want to be at the table when it gets to the final at the end of the season. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to end off with the interview, Jay. But thank you so much again for uh, making yourself available to take all of our uh, questions today. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's get to our interview with Sarah Kinsner. She's the captain 
of the Foothills women's team that plays in UWS and in League One Alberta. I'd like to welcome Sarah Kinsner to the podcast. Sarah is with the Foothills uh, women's team this year competing in UWS. And um, Sarah, why don't you just give us a little bit of a rundown? I, I think probably a lot of our listeners will be pretty familiar with some of your history, but um, why don't you give us a little bit of your background of your career? Yeah, so I grew up playing soccer with the Calgary Foothills Soccer Club. And then from there, um, I was in and out with the national team going to youth camps and youth tournaments. So I played in the under-17 FIFA World Cup, um, the under-20 World Cup, and the U23 um, Pan Am Games here in Canada. And then after graduating high school, I went to Colorado and played um, soccer down there for university. And then after graduating, I went overseas and played pro soccer in uh, Budapest, Hungary. So that was an awesome experience as well. And and then over the years, I've just been always a part of the UWS team in the summertime in Calgary. And it's always a really fun league to play in. And would you mind kind of elaborating, Sarah, on your experiences uh, in both Colorado and Budapest? I think a lot of people would find that really cool. Yeah, so down in Colorado, um, I was based in Boulder, which is kind of similar to Banff here in the mountains. It's beautiful. Um, but definitely I was intimidated going down there, um, leaving Cal like Canada and going to a new country. But once I got there, uh, it was an awesome experience. Um, loved playing with my teammates. Um, we had amazing facilities to um, get the best like training in and fitness and all of that. We played in the Pac-12 league, which is one of the top leagues I'd say in the States um, and played against world-class players such as like Katarina Macario at Stanford and some other really big name girls. So altogether, it was a great opportunity to like play against the top players and gain some experience. And yeah, so that was awesome. And then playing in Budapest again, pretty similar where intimidating to leave and go overseas but once I was there um, the training was awesome um, sadly it was cut short because COVID hit but in my few months that I was there it's just getting comfortable being uncomfortable in those environments and really just putting yourself out there and like believing that you're there for a reason and um, just showing what you can and um, just enjoying the process the whole way. Actually I wanted to ask about the Budapest what club did you play for there? Uh, it was called Ferencvaros FTC. Okay, actually, I've yeah. been to uh, Hungary, and uh, I have a little bit of familiarity to with a, a couple of the the teams there. In fact, when I was there, I, yeah. I actually even went to a, a men's game. It was uh, MTK was playing, uh, and uh, that was a very interesting experience going to that an older style stadium there. But uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, would have been a very interesting experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I went to watch one of the men's games and the atmosphere there was just incredible. The fans are so passionate. So it's exciting to see. And hopefully um, coming up in 2025 with that Project 8 Professional Women's League, we can hopefully get something similar and start to inspire those younger generations. I want to uh, ask here about Foothills again. You're going to be on the UWS team, correct? Are you going to play any role in the League One team at all? Or are you strictly going to be on the UWS? 
So we did just find out that we are allowed to play in both League One and UWS. So I think um, there will definitely be a handful of us girls playing in both leagues just to like get a, as much experience as we can. So this year, if you're playing in both leagues, I wanted to ask, are there any particular opponents or matches that you're looking forward to going down to the States or heading up to uh, Edmonton? Yeah, well, I'm really excited always for the, in UWS, the Santa Clarita game. We always have such a good rivalry going with that team. It's always a battle. Every year, it seems like it could be anyone's game. So that one's always a big one to look forward to. Um, that's always kind of on my radar. What are some of the challenges that you expect the team to face this year, both on and off the field, playing in multiple leagues, really, when it comes right down to it, even when you go all the way down to AMSL, which I know you're not going to be involved in per se, but but uh, playing in League One and UWS, um, what are some of the things you're looking for in that, that way? Yeah, I think one thing um, with transitioning between the two teams is trying to get that team chemistry going. But the good thing is, is so many of the us girls have played together over the years, like with youth teams and growing up. So that chemistry is already kind of there. Um, and I think it's just managing um, all the different players who are at different stages in their careers. Like, um, for instance, me, Tori, um, Sarah Dilling, Maggie, we're all some of the older players who haven't been um, in competitions as much recently. And then we got some young girls coming from like high school. So it's just managing where everyone's at kind of in their, um, in their life and um, all bonding together um, within the environment. Mm -hmm. and, and on that note, Sarah, I mean, could you kind of talk about your role as, as like a captain and a leader on this team and, and how you'd kind of describe your leadership style? Yeah, I'd say my leadership style, I always just try to be very positive out there um, and really encourage the young girls to try new things and don't be afraid um, because I think that's the way you gotta, that's the way you're going to learn the best is to make some mistakes and then realize what you did and just keep trying it over and over again and then um I feel like I also try to show leadership just through um like actions and trying to always do the right things to show the younger girls maybe um things that they can be doing on and off the pitch to prepare for all the games and be at their best level they can be okay let's uh let's wrap it up here I think I've got one final question for you what are the team's overall goals for this season and what will a successful season look like? So I think our overall goal is definitely to win. Um, last year we made it to that national championship final and um, it was pretty gutting to make it the whole way there undefeated and then to lose 2-1 in the final. Um, it, was very, it was very tough, but also like so much to be proud of over the whole season. But we're definitely hoping to win this time. Um, but it starts with the first game on May 28th. We just have to like take it game by game um, and just keep pushing every single um, game. And yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Sarah, for being available today to answer our questions and, and talk about the upcoming campaign. We do appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jay Wielden and Sarah Kinsner for taking the time to do the interviews today. Any thoughts, Scott? Well, we're obviously just days away now from League One Alberta kicking off. So it will be interesting to see the caliber of that league compared to the previous USL2 or PDL games. As for Foothills WFC, their season is still uh, quite a ways away. So there's still a bit of time before that league kicks off at the end of May. 
Um, but considering Foothill's record in, in UWS last year, uh, a perfect regular season record and, and yet again, falling just short in the championship game. Uh, they're obviously a, a, you know, a talented team with, with a high pedigree and I'd encourage local soccer fans in Calgary to get out to those games once they kick off. I I'm expecting a similarly strong showing from the team this year. They've been consistently strong ever since their inception and in 2017, I think it was. And, and much like cavalry on the men's side, they've just fallen short of that championship hurdle a couple of times, but uh, I know they'll be gunning for that. And, yeah, I don't see any reason why they won't have a similarly dominant season in UWS. And the question really will be is, can they make it all the way to that final and then and and finish it? Because that was really the only thing missing out. And I don't think a lot has changed on this team overall that would make you think that they're not going to be at that level again. Any thoughts about League One Alberta or anything else we've talked about this week? Uh, not so much League One Alberta, but uh, I know we haven't talked too much yet about the Alberta Major Soccer League, which is also going to be kicking off pretty soon. So looking forward to uh, maybe the chance to talk about that league a little bit and uh, what to expect from it. Uh, so yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's early May when we're recording this, and, and that's pretty much when the outdoor soccer season in Calgary gets into full swing. I've seen a lot of uh, minor soccer teams practicing at the the field near my house. And uh, it just feels like there's a lot of soccer in the air. Yeah, I'd agree. And uh, the fields are starting to green up a little bit. And uh, Jay made the comment about how Broadview really isn't ready until about the middle of May. So I actually was by there a couple days ago and, and it's the pitch is looking like it's pretty close to being ready. So that'll be good. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to the YYC Soccer Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast using all the usual podcasting platforms. Head over to our website at yycsoccer.com for more information about our podcast and to leave a question or a comment. You can also follow us on Twitter at yycsoccer403. Thanks for listening. <laughs>